Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile, with a message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow-detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at HM.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile. With a message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow-detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at HM.com. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow-detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at HM.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile, with a message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Empowered and Unapologetic is part of the Practice of the Practice Podcast Network, a family of podcasts that change the world. To hear other podcasts like the Bomb Mom Podcast, Beta Male Revolution, or Imperfect Thriving, go to practiceofthepractice.com forward slash network. I get it. Being a mom is hard, especially when you are feeling stressed and disconnected. We exhaust ourselves trying to create the perfect life for our family. You deserve to enjoy your family without the stress perfectionism brings. On this podcast, I teach you how to identify who you are outside of all of the roles you play. If you are ready to be challenged, then girl, pull up a chair Grab a pen and paper because it's about to go down. Hey, I'm Veronica Cisneros, a licensed marriage and family therapist on a mission to create a community of badass women who want to learn how to become empowered and unapologetic. Welcome to our girl gang. Hey ladies, welcome to Empowered and Unapologetic. I'm your host, Veronica Cisneros. We're going to shake things up a bit. Last week, I offered a free coaching session to the ladies who are in my free Facebook group. And the catch was the coaching session was going to be recorded live. No pressure, no pressure. So I want to say that I admire our guest for having the courage to assert herself and go for it. 
So today's guest is a 37-year-old who has been married for 19 years. They have one daughter who's 14, and her husband was in the Marine Corps for eight years. He deployed twice. The second time was while she was pregnant. So this girl is a go-getter. So please help me by welcoming Bridget Phillips. Hey, Bridget. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for biting the bullet and just doing it. This is going to be so awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> so as a military wife myself, I have to say there is no way you can explain the struggle us military wives go through, and especially when they're on active duty. And so I just want to make sure that I thank you and thank your husband for your service, because I think that's really, really important that I thank the two of you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we we totally loved our time in the military, and I truly have an appreciation for anyone who's in it right now. So thank you to everyone who's going through it, been through it, all that too, for me as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's It's interesting because I don't think most people know that, you know, if you've been, you know, if anytime I come across someone else, you know, maybe another wife that's you know, her husband served or she served, there's a different level of connection, you know, like we totally get it. We totally get it. There's, you don't have to say anything, you know, we totally get, you know, the, the life that you're living, you know, just some of the, some of the pressures of the military lifestyle that it, and how, and how it impacts our family. So it's like this, this secret family that we all have, and it doesn't matter who you are. And if we just met, like there's this, there's this instant connection. So in today's episode, I understand that you wanted to focus on lack of motivation. Before we go there, though, I want our audience to get to know you. So can you please share with us your story? Um, yeah. So like you said, um, I've been married since I was 18. So, um, you know, I feel like and then we were in the military right away. And then I have been a pharmacy technician since I was 16. Um, worked in retail for 20 years with that. And I just transitioned a year and a half ago into um, the insurance side. So I'm still a legal drug dealer, AKA, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I also, um, now I don't have to do retail anymore and I'm in the insurance side. So uh, I changed my career in that sense, but I have realized within the last, you know, maybe six months that I have always focused on my family, like putting my family first, putting my husband first, letting the military guide our lives um, when we were in. And I realized, oh my God, I've never had control over my own life. Like I allowed or let myself just go with the way things went. And mm -hmm. I decided in the last uh, maybe six months that I wanted take control of my own life and be accountable for my own life. So I'm looking forward to making those changes, but I do feel like I have a lack of motivation in, um, in a sense sometimes. So that's why I think I'm here and I'd be excited to get coached on that kind of stuff. Absolutely. You know, um, being in the military, you know, it's, it's orders who basically dictate your life, right? Like, yeah. you know, the minute you receive orders, you have to go wherever the hell they tell you to go. And now you're living, you know, in this new state, sometimes a new country. And, you know, we, we constantly have to be ready to pick up and go. And, you know, whether or not, you know, you had two cars, well, now you're down to one if, you know, the military isn't going to pay for both of them to be shipped, you know, or you have, it has to come out of pocket. So there's so many, there's so much loss. There's so much loss that I don't think a lot of people, you know, know, you know, when you're, you're married to somebody in the military or you're in the military. And, you know, I love that you said, you know, I love that you were able to admit that in so many ways, you know, putting your husband's career first, and then in addition to that, being a mom first, you know, I think we, when there's so much loss, when there's so much happening, we end up going to straight security and as fast as we can and what, whatever control we can have, we latch onto it. And, you know, it kind of sounds like for you, that was, that was, you know, being a focused, you know, you know, being focused on your marriage, being focused on your daughter you know, however, along the way, when we're putting so much focus in everyone else, except for ourselves, we do, we, we tend to lose ourselves in the thick of it, yeah, you know, and exactly right. Yeah. Right. You know, and I've, I've heard it so many times. I, I myself, I myself have been in that spot, you know, where it was like, I didn't even recognize my own reflection because 
I wasn't used to looking at myself. I'd get dressed up in whatever my kids needed, whatever my husband needed. Like I was attending to those things. So can you take us down that path? Like at what point did you realize, holy crap, how did I lose myself? Like at, like where, where were you at? You know, cause I, I can tell you right now where I was at when I felt that way, you know, I, I could probably even tell you the time of day, you know, but for you, how did you know that you had lost yourself? So I don't think I can remember a certain time, like, you know, standing, looking in the mirror or anything like that. But I think I felt myself getting down, not necessarily like fully depressed, but maybe on that path or on that road to getting depressed. And I I don't know if there was like a something that asked me like a quiz or something like that online, who knows, but something that asked me explain something about yourself or, you know, and I think I realized that maybe like I couldn't, I couldn't explain what I am other than a mom and a wife. I felt like that was my identity. And I was kind of like sad about it in the fact of like, I don't have anything else besides that. And knowing that my teenager is getting older and going to be out of the house, you know, in four, almost four years or a little bit more than four years. And meaning then what, then I, yes, I'm a mom forever, but it's not like what I like, should base my identity on. I should be a single person in the fact of like, I should have an identity separate from everyone else. I felt like I should anyway. Um, and so I, you know, I felt like I needed to start looking for that or start creating it one of the two or, or both. And so, you know, that's what I've been trying to do in the last six months. Um, I went to a transformative seminar, um, and I got a lot from that and I, it basically gave me like a clean slate. It helped me to just start from basically ground zero and try to like learn to build myself and create myself the way I want to be. Um, And I have started doing that. I am doing that, but I still find myself getting a lack of motivation on like a day-to-day basis. Like I know what I need to do. I know what I want to do. I want to start changing, you know, I want to transition out of pharmacy into real estate. I want to start, you know, making my own business, working for myself. I'm tired of clocking in and clocking out on someone else's time. Mm -hmm. So just things like that. And so I I do have a goal and I have been taking baby steps, but I know that I could have done more. And I, in the past, you know, three months since I started doing that stuff. And I know that I need to do more and step it up if that makes any sense. So. No, that makes perfect sense. And you also explained the difference you know, it, it wasn't necessarily that it was this depression that you fell into. It was, mm-hmm. I knew something's not right. Like something just doesn't feel right. And me not being able to answer the question, who am I? Me not being able to, you know, come up with the answer without feeling, you know, frustrated or without, you know, what's the word without being in this, in this empty headspace. Like, how am I not able to answer this question? It sounds like kind of like that was a key moment for you. Like, okay, wait a minute, something's not right. And I think that's what a lot of women run into is, okay, wait a minute, something's off. And it's not necessarily that you have to go into therapy because like you said, it wasn't depression. It was just this, this, this empty feeling like there's, there's something missing. Yeah. I think that's a great way to say it. Right. And so what do you think you mentioned, you know, this, um, going to this training, right. And then feeling positive, feeling all the things you're ready to transform. And in so many ways, it gave you this clean slate. Okay. So after that, what do you think is standing in your way? Like, what would you say, you know, kind of once you left that high, what were you met with? I think, I have days where I'm up and I have days where I'm down in the sense of like more motivated than others. Um, and those days, even on some of the days where I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get things done today, but first I have to work. Right. And so then I go to work and then afterward I'm like, Oh, I'm tired or uh, I don't have time or, you know, now I got to cook dinner. Okay. I'm going to cook dinner. Then I'm going to do it. Then I cook dinner and then I'm like, um, now I'm tired. I'll just do it tomorrow. And so I think maybe, you know, just using those excuses and putting other things ahead of myself and not really like looking at 
this is what has to happen. Like it's, it's a priority. If I can make a quicker dinner or if I can, you know, like sometimes I feel bad. That's another thing. Um, a lot of moms probably go through. Sometimes I feel bad about putting myself first over what my daughter needs. You know, if she wants to like, Oh, let me, you know, I need help writing this paper or can you listen to me? Um, in my speech, I have to practice my speech or things like that. So I'm always like, okay, sure, go ahead. And then, but then I also feel like the other part of me uses that as an excuse where sure I could stay up another hour or I can put her to bed, um, you know, or a little bit earlier. It's not like she doesn't need it, you know, like teens need their sleep anyway. (laughs) So (laughs) I feel like I just, you know, I make excuses around it too. Um, but I also like let it slide so easily and I let myself get put to the back of the line, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, so easily. So yeah, maybe it's like that, that struggle of I'm a mom, I'm a wife and putting myself first might be selfish and Ooh, might be, yes. yeah, that that's probably a big part. Where did you learn that from? I mean, I feel like it's just like a social norm that mom's even from the fifties and I'm a totally what I call myself as a feminist, you know, like, and I'm like, no, <laughs> we shouldn't be, you know, barefoot in the kitchen or whatever. Or like, I choose not to be not, not shouldn't, but we, I choose not to be cause that that's a old model, right? Like back when we didn't work, sure. I'd love to be in the kitchen if I wasn't working a full-time job and being a mom and, you know, doing this and this, but, you know, and I feel like it's still kind of stuck there, even though, you know, women now work and women now have to be soccer moms and ballet moms and, you know, music moms and all these things. But like, when do we get time for ourselves? I feel like I have to like plan that out, schedule it. I don't, you know, it's, I find it's hard to do it and like remove the guilt, I guess, because I do have the guilt there. You said two things, the guilt and now it's another task. It's another task, me putting myself first. And when I met with this emotion, right? When I met with this guilt that I don't know what to do with, well, then I tend to go back to the norm. I tend to go back to what things fulfill me, what things I feel I feel appreciated for and I feel validated for, right? And so automatically if I'm, you know, if I come home and I come home to a clean house and I make dinner from, you know, the family and I'm tending to my child's need needs, well, that's the social norm. And I'm doing everything in line with what a wife is supposed to do. Right. And so I think, mm-hmm. I think we've fallen into believing this lie that we've been told, you know, this lie that's been modeled for us. You know, I know it's been modeled for me. You know, I, I, I remember feeling such shame whenever people would come to my house and maybe there wasn't one dish put away. And it's like, oh, you know, it must be nice not to have to clean your house all the time. And it's like, girl, are you kidding me? It was just one dish. I vacuumed. I mopped. I was on the mopped on my hands and knees cleaning up the baseboards for you. And the first thing you look at is just that dish. You know what I mean? But there's a whole great amount of judgment, you know, with our families. Or, you know, I remember going over to my grandma's house and every time, every single time I would go to my grandma's house, she would ask me, or she would ask Willie, Willie, are you hungry? And I'm like, grandma, you only speak Spanish. How all of a sudden, you know, English just to ask Willie if he's hungry, you know? And she's like, you know, you need to treat him right. And she would get on me. You need to treat him right. And then she would go to the kitchen and start making him food. And it's like, grandma, we just ate. And then Willie would look at me like, I'm not hungry. And I'm like, fool, you better eat. Cause grandma's in the kitchen. <laughs> like, yes, we just came from, <laughs> we just came from dinner, but you have to eat this, whatever she makes, you know, otherwise I'm a bad wife. What are you doing? You know, she already thinks I'm a bad wife. Don't make it worse. Now I'm, I have, I have a husband who doesn't listen and who's not appreciative. Like, don't make this worse. So yeah. Yeah, you know, definitely the social norms, right? Yeah. How do we get to a place where we're able to break it? Like, so you're met with this guilt. And and I'm asking you this because I want you to think of what it might feel like the minute, you know, your daughter comes up, you just had a long day of work, right? And, you know, you go upstairs and have 10 minutes to yourself. And you're met with or you're interrupted by your daughter who ran to you the minute you entered that door and says, mommy, I'm so excited to show you something. How likely are you to go up, still go upstairs and decompress for those 10 minutes than you are to go and see what she has to show you? Like, what would it look like if you were to go upstairs instead of 
tending to her needs? Um, I mean, now that she's like a teenager, I think she might, you know, honestly, I don't know, because even asking her, like, I'm thinking, okay, what if I ask her, give me 10 minutes and then I'll, I'll listen, you know, I'll, I'll have time to listen or something like that. I feel like she may or may not take it as I'm not as important as whatever my mom has to do for 10 minutes. So, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know what, Look at how I you guess went, that could be me. Look at how you went straight to, I'm sorry for interrupting, but I just want to kind of comment on this. Look at how you went to, you went straight to, well, I have to ask her for permission. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't ask her, but I mean, like I would tell her, you know, like, Hey, give me 10 minutes. I'll be right back. But yeah, I see what you mean. Like that, that's my complete guilt. Like yeah. I'm a mom. I feel like I've always been a mom first and I guess that comes from, something in my head saying that should be the way, you know, like that I should always be a mom first. And that if I'm not a mom first, then I'm a, I guess I'm a bad mom, you know, like I'm not a good enough mom or all, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, right? yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. And so that's ultimately what you're battling. It's not this lack of motivation. You know, you're, you're obvious girl, you're more than motivated. You're driven. You know, if you mean to tell me that you were pregnant while your husband was deployed, hell yeah, girl, you, you know, you know exactly what to do. You know exactly what to do and you're able to figure it out. Right. The thing Mm -hmm. is when we're met with breaking something, we are met with breaking this pattern. Well, it's difficult because we don't want to disappoint And we don't want to experience any judgment from other people. And then we don't want to hurt others. And I think as women, you know, we're nurturers. We want to go ahead and be there and do all of the things for everyone because it feels good. We see their, we see those smiles and, you know, we feel that love. And the minute I put myself first over my kid, well, yeah, the first thought is what type of mother am I? You know, but if we can go ahead and look at it as, okay, if I don't put myself first, well, then where will I be? And you mentioned, you know, in the beginning, it wasn't that you were depressed, but it kind of felt like there was, there was something there. Imagine continuously doing this over and over and over. How quickly can somebody fall into depression when they don't have an identity? Yeah, totally. That, that is pretty powerful what you said. And, you know, when you say, um, when you were speaking right now, I just went right straight to the like airline thing where you put your mask on first yeah, and then you put the kid, you know, the mask on your child. It's kind of true. Cause you know, if I'm not creating and being the person I want to be, it really doesn't matter because now I'm emulating a certain type of mother anyway to her who maybe she'll spin that in some sense later when she's a mom and she might decide I always have to put my child first because that's how my mom always did. Or, you know, like it it can be viewed in a different sense from her perspective later in life or now too, where if I'm not taking care of myself and like being who I want to be and letting these things happen and using them as excuses to not get to where I want to be, then, um, you know, I'm not showing up as the person that I'd like to be and that I want to be for her. Yeah. And that's not something we want models, right? Totally. Agreed. Yeah. And so now let's take it even further. I'm going to ask you, you know, you, you just said excuses. What are the lies you tell yourself with regards to not completing your goals? You mentioned a couple of them with, you know, I'm too tired to have a long day, you know, I'll do it tomorrow. Well, that's kind of a lie because you probably said that yesterday, right? And I know I've been guilty of it. You know, so this is why I'm calling it out, (laughs) right? This is why I'm calling it out because I've done it myself. So I'm just going to say that. (laughs) But like, but like, okay, so that's a lie. What are the other lies you tell yourself with regards to, you know, fulfilling this goal? Mm -hmm. You know, some, some things I'll tell myself it's, it's hard or I don't want to do it, which is, stupid because I do want to do it. <laughs> it's just like that task I don't necessarily like over the other tasks. Like I've built my website, but I haven't done my marketing materials because I feel like what's the content? Now I've got to get the content to get the marketing materials. And so like literally I've stuck right there where my website's up. It needs to be fixed a little bit, but it other, otherwise it's like 
pretty good. It's decent to start up with, you know, and then, but getting my order, ordering my marketing materials, I need to go get content or like figure out my content. And so in my mind, like I've told myself that's hard. And so like, I've legit, like never, like I haven't touched it, you know, just because I like lie to myself that it's hard. It's not, it's just something that needs to be done. It's not that it's hard. It's just something I need to do and got to figure it out. Like, have I done other hard stuff in my life? Like you said, being pregnant while he was deployed. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> can I do it? Yeah. <laughs> so in that sense, yes, it totally is a lie. Like it's not really that hard. Like, come on, you know, mm-hmm. I've had, had a child that raised a child. I've been in the military you know, or with my husband being in the military. I've, you know, done all these things in my life that are way harder. So <laughs> yeah, that's a fat lie. Totally. Okay. You called me. Girl. <laughs> That's all right. Again, I'm only able to call it out because I've been there. I've totally been there. Yeah. All right. Another thing I want, I want us to look at the costs and benefits. So what is it costing you for you not to complete that goal? What is it costing you that you haven't met that goal yet? Honestly, like freedom and happiness. Like, uh, you know, I, I go in, I do this job that I'm not particularly caring about, like wanting to do. I'm not even fulfilled. Let's put it that way. This job is something that it's far away from the public that I feel like I can be a better person. I could show up as the person I am, which is helping others in a different type of job in a, in a variety of different jobs. It doesn't have to be the exact one that I'm looking to get into, but um, this job is so far and distant from being fulfilled for me that I don't enjoy it every day. And so literally it's costing me my happiness almost every day. I love the people I work with. You know, it's definitely not the people. Um, I've met great people there and I love it. I love those people, but the the actual tasks are not fulfilling to me. So I think that in that sense, it's costing me my happiness, like on the daily, which is not good to do to myself, you know? Like- <laughs> yeah, no, Absolutely. So I want you to take it even further. What else is it costing you? What is it costing you personally? Mm. So yes, freedom. Yes, happiness. Take it even further. What else is it costing you for you not to already have met that goal? To Well, to not be the person I say I want to be. Bingo. Yes. Um, Tell me more to not show up as the person I want my daughter to see me as that I want to show up in, as in life as to other people, you know, like I'm not, I'm not fulfilling my full, full potential on the earth. If that, but I know that sounds weird. No, but. no, no. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I get it. Yeah. And what's that like that right there to say out loud? Honestly, sad. <laughs> like I feel sad about it because yes, I do. You know, like I'm happy and I'm trying to be a, joyous person and, you know, happy with where I'm at and with who I'm with at the jobs I'm at now or the job I'm at now, but definitely not my full potential. And it makes me sad. It makes me sad that I have been going a year and a half or going 22 years and a half, you know, not doing what I know I should be doing or what I know I want to be doing. So, yeah, absolutely. And in so many ways we self-sabotage right? We, we self-sabotage and, and not taking it to that next level, you know, and this is where we're going to go into how it's benefiting you. How's it benefiting you not to go ahead and meet that goal? And oftentimes when I ask this question, people look at me like, Veronica, did you not hear (laughs) that I want to live my life? Did you not? No, it's not benefiting me. It's actually costing me all of these things. Well, yeah, I agree. It is costing you a whole great, you know, a whole great deal. However, it's also benefiting you. And if it wasn't benefiting you, then you wouldn't continue to do it. So in so many ways, it is benefiting you. And I'm going to give you an example. I don't have to step outside of my comfort zone. I can continue to say tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. I don't have to feel this uncomfortable emotion. I get to go ahead and sit down and watch Netflix. That's a couple of the ways it's benefiting you. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you that same question. How is it benefiting you for you not to go ahead and meet this goal? I honestly know exactly what you're talking about of how it's benefiting me. It When I 
place blame on other things or factors or even people in my life, I know that therefore I have no accountability for my life. Beautiful. So like when, yeah. So like when, you know, we were in the military and I let that be my, my guide in my life, like this is where we're going. And so I stuck with retail because it was easy to transfer. So then, okay, I can't choose my career because, you know, I better stay in this job because I can, no matter where he gets deployed to, or, uh, you know, stationed to, then I can transfer. And this is how it should be because it's easy. Yeah. So then I don't have to take responsibility. I have no accountability or responsibility. I just leave it at that. And that's the benefit is that when things go wrong, I can blame it on him. I can blame it on military. I can blame it on anything. And that's one thing I did realize recently, you know, that I was doing that in, in the aspect of not having control over my own life. It gave me the freedom to not take any, any slack for anything or any responsibility or any accountability for the negative side. That was my benefit was that if I put it on others, if I put it on him or if I put on the military or if I put it on our situation or where we live or whatever it is, then I don't have to take that onto myself and be blamed for it. Beautifully said, beautifully said. And so now knowing this, what is this kind of like to say out loud and, and own it? It's freeing, honestly. Like, I know that's not something I want to do. And I know that's not something that's fair in a marriage to do to my husband. You know, and I've luckily I've had this conversation with him when I realized that I had done this a few months ago, that I've been doing this for 19 years, that, you know, it's freeing and it's powerful in our relationship now for him to know and for me to come clean and complete with it that. Hey, I didn't even notice really that I was doing this, but I, but I have been doing this and it was pretty, actually, honestly, to be blunt, it was pretty shitty of me to do that. Yeah. I didn't know necessarily like maliciously I'm doing oh, this no, no, thing, no, but not. yeah, yeah. but I, you know, once I realized it, I was like, wow, oh my gosh, you know, like I've been living my life this way where I just let roll with the tide, you know, like I just go with whatever is and I got married young at 18 and I just let it be the way it was and never looked to get out and look to do anything different, look to change my life the way I want to change it. Like I never really took those onto myself. And I think in a sense, it's kind of lazy. Like I was kind of lazy about it. And, and I think also scared, I was scared to do, to take a jump, to take a risk, to do anything. And that, that's just it. If I, if it, if it was risky, then, and I took it onto myself, then I'd be blamed for it if it went wrong. So I think I was just scared. And, and so, yeah, I, I try not to do that now. I try not to take that, but I think inaction kind of does the same thing, right? Like I, you know, if I'm not taking action, well, I'm not failing either. Yes. And I'm not, I love how you said that. I'm not to blame. I'm not going to disappoint anybody. I'm not responsible for it. If I'm responsible for something, then I have to do it a hundred percent. My kids, my household, right? And you mentioned lazy. I would challenge you on that. And here's why. Who the hell has ever taught you how to do this? You know, I know my mom, you know, looking at my mom's life, like she did everything for us. Everything for us. She would be last to eat. You know, sometimes we wouldn't have food in our house. And, you know, if we had pinto beans or whatever, like she would make sure it was enough for us. And maybe there were times that she went without, right? You know, same thing with clothes. You know, we'd get all of the clothes before her, you know? And, you know, now as an adult, I've, you know, I've asked her that question, like, you know, you sacrifice so much. And she's like, well, because I did it for you. And although that's beautiful, like we hear that and it's like, oh my God, you have such an amazing mom. She's so beautiful. Yes, absolutely. And I'm not going to lie as a kid. I feel guilty for that as an adult, you know, like, oh crap. I, well then I owe it to my mom. Well then I have to do whatever I need to for my mom. Like I, then I need to do that. And so this cycle continues to happen. So if we were never taught, you know, that this was unhealthy, well, how the hell are we going to do anything different? And that's part of the reason why we're on this coaching call is because 
I want other women to hear, like, listen, we all have gone through it. We're all going through it in one way or another. And there's a way to break from this. And so a question I want to ask is now knowing what you know, looking back, how did it impact your relationship with your husband? Because we're on, we're on this kick that as long as I keep on doing what I'm doing, everything's great. My marriage is great. My kid's happy. Like, and in reality, that's not the case. And so how, how has it impacted or did impact your relationship with your husband and your daughter? I mean, I think that I might've touched on it right now, but it impacted it in the sense of, I wonder if maybe he felt more responsibility if he noticed it in any way during the time that I was like not doing anything and not happy about, but not happy about my job. So let's say I come home, I'm complaining that, you know, my job makes me mad or I get irritated or I get yelled at by customers, whatever it was. And if I'm coming home complaining, I wonder if any sense of him felt a certain type of responsibility to it without it being spoken. Maybe he might've felt that that would be, have to be a question for him, but I could imagine that might be something that was there with my daughter in the sense of me, like choosing not to do things for myself or build my business or build my website, you know, and instead help her. It could also have the same repercussion of where she might feel responsible or like, she might feel the blame if I put blame in any sense, either spoken or unspoken Yeah. where, okay, I got to be a mother, you know, first. And maybe there's like a tone in my voice, or maybe there's like a little frustration there that I'm feeling, or maybe a little resentment that I'm feeling or something like that. Kids are so smart and can read those things that maybe, maybe she's felt it, or maybe she's, she's like you said, maybe she'll grow up and feel like she has to be the same way and not be able to put her, herself first. And honestly, when you put it like that, I don't want that for my daughter. Yeah. So. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. That hits home. Right. I remember when I was going through it, I, I didn't realize I had resentment toward my kids. I didn't realize I had resentment towards my husband. Like if you would have asked me in that moment, I'd be like, no, I love cooking every single day. You know what I mean? Like, oh, what's wrong with you? Or are you asking me this? Like, no, I love, you know, I love, you know, finding new recipes and I love a clean house. And, you know, I love the fact that I don't go to bed unless all my dishes are clean and my carpet is perfectly lined because I, because of the way I vacuumed it. Like, no, girl, I everything about my life I love. You know what I mean? However, now I look back and it's like, oh my God. I was completely delusional. That's a lie. I was not happy. Anytime I heard mom, I wanted to kill a kid, you know, or when my husband would call me and say, Hey, by the way, can you, the minute I heard, can you, I so desperately wanted to hang up the phone, possibly curse him out, go straight to his work, throw all the kids at him. Like there were times that it was like that. Like it was just, and I would kind of shove it down and just go about my day. You know, I'm not saying I was like, you know, Paula Dean or not Paula Dean. I'm not going to say, you know, I'm, I can't even think of a mom, like the a PTA mom or whatever you want to call it. Like, I can't say that I lived that life perfectly, but I know that perfectionism was the goal, you know? And so that resentment I carried, I carried for a long time. Yeah. I'm glad you said examples because you know what, when you said the moment he says, can you, I've totally been there where I'm like, Literally, I can feel myself like boiling when he, all he said is, can you? And it doesn't even matter what the rest of it was. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so busy right now. And I, I guarantee you, I've had that conversation where like I cut him off <laughs> and didn't even let him finish, you know, like what it was. And I'm like, no, I'm like literally losing my own mind. I've got to do this, this, and this, and I'm driving here and this and that. And, and then he, you know, I guarantee you there's been times where he's like, I just wanted you to like you know, something stupid, like move the towel from the couch to the <laughs> linen closet. It's something stupid. Right. And I'm like, Oh well, yeah, I could totally do that. I love Sorry. you. I'll like, see you later on tonight. Bye. <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> just kidding. Love you. Bye. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Where I've like jumped his, you know, jumped him right then and there because I'm like, no, I can't take one more thing on. I swear. If you give me one more thing on my plate, I'm literally going to lose it. But yeah. It's not, it's not fair to anyone. Cause first of all, who mm-hmm. put the stuff on my plate? I Absolutely. did. So, Absolutely. All yeah. right, girl. So we're going to do something right now. Cause we're going to make this happen. I want you to identify one goal, okay. 
one goal. And I don't want you to make it big. Like, don't tell me I'm going to go ahead and run a marathon in one month. Like, uh uh-uh. Like, I want it to be something that's doable. Like, I want it something completely doable. Like, just one goal. Well, it's definitely finish, like, make the content for my order, my marketing materials and actually order them. Okay. I think that is where I'm at. That's, I know that's my next step. I know that I've put it off. I like legit, I've been quarantined for three weeks and I haven't even touched it. I totally could have touched it. I have no excuse. No excuse. Well, remember, nobody like, taught us this. We real. didn't know about these insecurities. We didn't know how it was impacting us. All of this, we just <laughs> unveiled. All right. So your goal is to create content yeah. or to purchase the marketing material? Because I'm we got we're gonna narrow it down even further. Like one of the two. Or are they both hand in hand? It's kind of hand in hand, like, you know, like a, like a rack card, like what my business offers. So I need to create the content of what my business offers to put onto the rack card and then order it. If that okay. makes sense. Oh, okay. Just like okay. So like actually make it. Okay. So. so what will stand in your way of accomplishing this goal? So we already mentioned guilt. Mm-hmm. We already mentioned you're working long days and you come home and you just want to relax. Mm-hmm. What other things will stand in your way from accomplishing this one goal? Ultimately, I think it's just choice. Like I have to choose to do that over watching three hours of Netflix or over sitting on Facebook for an hour and a half. Like those are the things like that are going to entice me, you know, like, oh, it'd be easier. It'd be, like you said, more comfortable to just let life go by and not do anything about it. Yes. So usually I would, I'm sure other people would let people, let their clients, let the people they're coaching slide with that. They'd be like, okay, great. Yeah. I don't do that. We don't do band-aids here. So in order to create change, you have to want it so badly, so badly that you're able to lean into fear, that you're able to lean into your insecurities And you're able to sit in those uncomfortable emotions, which all will probably be focused around fear, disappointment, not getting it right, and failure. You have to want it so badly, so badly that you're willing to sit in all of that. So right now, I'm going to ask you again, what will stand in your way? I think fear of not getting it right. Like yeah. not being good enough, even deeper would yeah. be not get, not being good enough. When I do start to make these things, like I feel like, is this good enough? And I'll like go ask other people and get like consensus. And what do you think? And you know, those things. Yes, so, I don't trust myself. I don't trust yeah. myself to make the decision. I need validation from others. Yeah. Yes. So that's going to delay you because now you're waiting on somebody else to accomplish this goal. Mm-hmm. Well, they haven't responded yet. And maybe they didn't like it. And, oh my God, you know what? They probably didn't like it. Otherwise, they would have come back to me right away. They would have given me feedback. Or there was hesitation the minute they said, yeah, girl, it was great. Or they just used great versus it was amazing. Oh my God, it was life-changing. I would totally get it. Like all of those things are going to stand in your way. And so knowing that, knowing that, okay, there's going to be things that are going to stand in my way. And how badly do I want this? How badly do I want this? So now we're going to come up with a date that you can't go back on, girl, because you're in the group and I know you, so I'm going to be on your ass. <laughs> totally. So we know that all of this is happening for us. And this is why this is why women, this is why we stay stuck. And I shouldn't just say women. This is why, especially as moms, stay stuck because of the guilt, because of the resentment, because we don't want to be criticized. We don't want to be critiqued. We don't want to fail. You know, we have this high standard, you know, we don't want to get it wrong. You're going to get it wrong. I'm, I'm just starting with this podcast, you know, and launching it. And I probably got, probably got it wrong. I don't know, 50,000 times already, you know? And so if we set a date, we can now hold ourselves accountable. So either way, we've already said we want it. So now we have to go ahead and follow through with this date. And we can't go back because you have to order it. And I'm going to, I want proof that you ordered it when you're in the group. You're <laughs> gonna, I want you to post it like Veronica, I did it. Here's proof. So give me a date. Yes. Okay. Let's first start with what is today. 
<laughs> what is the date? Let's first start with what is the date today? Because <laughs> I think it's the fourth, right? Yeah. Is it the fourth? Yeah. 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 Okay. So let's say by, I, I know it, I probably could do it sooner, but I'm going to say the 14th. <laughs> No. Okay. <laughs> so right there. Stop it. Okay. So right there. <laughs> well, listen to what you just said. I could probably do it sooner, but yeah. Okay. So I'm already hearing, Excuse I don't believe me. in myself. I can't do it. Like the, all of that negative self-talk is coming up, right? Which is also yeah. part of you self-sabotaging. Okay. And, and it's okay if it's an excuse. We're, we're starting to understand why. And so are you comfortable with the 14th or are you going to forget about this? And on the 14th, you're going to be like, oh, wait a minute. Veronica mentioned something. We talked about something. Something's due today. Because if you tell me, Veronica, you know what, by the 14th, yeah, because of this and this and this and this, this is in line with this, you know, and I have to wait anyway by that time because of this. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, the 14th. But if you're telling me this because it's like, mm, well, gives me a little bit of cushion and Veronica, you're going to forget about this anyway. So, okay, no. no. Yeah, totally. Okay. You're right. And you just busted me. So, (laughs) um, let's say today's the fourth. So I will say in four days by the eighth that I will have this. Yay. Okay. So everybody listening is like, yeah, everybody listening is cheering you on. All right. So Bridget (laughs) is going to get it done. Repeat the date. April 8th. Boom. It's happening. April eighth. Yes. Four days. So for, for those of you, four days. So for those of you listening, you gotta get into the free Facebook group so you can see and and hold Bridget accountable. And in addition to that, oh wait a minute, this is gonna air after. So never mind, you're gonna see if she did it or not. So here we go. So we have we have the date. Okay, now what steps? Give me quick, quick and easy three steps. What steps do you need to take right now to make that happen? Do you need to schedule it on your phone? Do you need a time every day? Like, do you need an hour of only you doing this work? Like, what it, What do you need to do to make this happen? Give me three steps. For sure, schedule in the time on my calendar to where I'm blocking out time. Okay. So then also eliminate, like at that same time, eliminating outside sources. <laughs> like I said, Facebook, text, calls, you know, everything else. Mom, can you do this? Hey, can you do this? Honey, can you do this? You know, um, mm-hmm. or I'm blocked out and this is no, I'm literally working, like working towards yep. something. So blocking out that time, number one, number two, just like breaking it down to the actual task is research what the content is and creating that content. And number three will just literally be building it, like making it and ordering it. That's it. Boom. Boom. It's going to happen. It's going to, it's already happening. It's already happening. It's I'm excited. Like <laughs> you can't see me. I'm like doing my dance. It's happening. It's happening. Okay. So now I'm going to ask you, what did you learn from this conversation that we had? What's your takeaway? Um, I learned a lot. Like I think big, one of the bigger takeaways is honestly like a question of where does that come from of the social norm that moms have to put themselves first over anything else? And why is that better than putting ourselves first. Like why, why would I be a better mom if I put everyone else first? Why? Who, who created that? Who said that? And why do I feel that way? Like, cause I think it's mm-hmm. not justified and I can't even pinpoint it. Like if there was someone where I could be like, oh yeah, it's this stupid magazine I read and that's dumb, then I would be able to like, you know, disregard it. Right. But because it's just out there everywhere or nowhere in the same sense, then it's mostly me. It's not anything else. It's me that created that somewhere, some way, somehow. So I think that's the biggest takeaway that I've got, that it's just me making these things up in my mind that I'm, I'm a not good enough mom. If I don't, if I, if I put myself first, I'm not good enough. So yeah, that's, that's you. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Last two questions. You've done amazing. Amazing. Like just kind of listening to you in the beginning to where you're at right now, complete, complete transition, like a great transition. So question I ask all of my guests, what are you doing right now, right now to live the life you want to live? 
am taking action. Boom. Like I just told you a date. So therefore that was an action. That was a minor step. Right. And then as soon as I get off this with you, then I'm putting it into my calendar before I move, before I literally move. <laughs> so that I'm not like, oh yeah, what was I supposed to do? Like you said, like literally going to put it in my calendar right this second. And then, um, you know, the, yeah, like one foot in front of the other, that's it. Moving. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Now, what advice would you give to the mom who is currently feeling stressed and disconnected? If she was standing right in front of you, what advice would you give her? First of all, just breathe. If she's feeling stressed and disconnected, just breathe. Look into herself and find the good, what's good in her, um, her good qualities, her good skills, even if she wants to, but mostly qualities and find a way to show, show those to the world. Like, I know that one of mine is my passions and one of my skills per se is helping others. I'm just that type of person. Not everyone is an extrovert. Uh, Not everyone likes to be social, but I do. And I am, and that's a talent and a skill and something that I can use to be the best person I can be in this world before, you know, my time's up. So to allow myself to not use it is breaking my own heart. If that, <laughs> I know that sounds funny, yeah. but I'm literally breaking my own heart by not doing that or not being that person that I want to be. So if I was standing in front of someone just like I feel like I've been in the past, then I would be like, look, girl, you got this. Take a breath. You can do this. I can see these qualities in you. Can you see these qualities? Let's start there and bring those qualities out and then look into how can you use these qualities? How can, how can you take one step? How can you move one foot in front of the other? And number two, connect with Veronica. (laughs) (laughs) Check out my girl, Veronica. She can help you. She can coach you. She can guide you. Definitely check her out. (laughs) (laughs) You did it. You did it. I have to say, ladies, please, please, please go straight to your iTunes and I want you to rate and review this. And I want I want you so badly to shower Bridget with words of encouragement because she was so brave. And she's our first she's our first person that we've co- that I've ever coached on the podcast. Not ever coached in my life. Don't get it twisted. But like <laughs> just the first the first person that I've coached on the podcast. And she did such an amazing job. So please, 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 if you can relate with her, if you can identify with her, hell, if you feel like you are her please put it in the rate and review. Bridget, thank you so very much. I am so proud of you. I know this was a whole lot to ask and you did it. You totally did it. Oh, you're the sweetest. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I do feel like legit excited. Like I feel so (laughs) great right now. I feel like excited to literally take the next step. So um, I'm so happy I did this. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys. Until later. Until then. Until whenever. (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying. It's been a long day. All right, you guys. I'll see you later. Bye. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now and rate and review. Thank you, guys. Many women lose their own identity in the shadow of being a mom and a wife. We are a community of women who support each other. We leave perfectionism behind to become empowered and unapologetic. I know you're ready for the next steps. If you want to become empowered and unapologetic, get my free course, Unapologetically Me, over at empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash course. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. This is given with the understanding that neither the host, practice of the practice, or the guests are providing legal, mental health, or other professional information. If you need a professional, you should find one. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. 
I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect deep down that glass or three of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together, all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addictive Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addictive Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect deep down that glass or three of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect deep down that glass or three of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together, all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. 
We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.